Cam hasn't had a car for years. Half the people on our block can't afford storm shutters, let alone cars. But it's St. Petersburg, a pedestrian city, and downtown's only a five-minute walk. Well, don't say okay yet, Cam says. It's in Lee. Lee, Florida? Cam nods. Lee is four hours north, one of the last towns you pass on I-75 before you hit Georgia. No problem, I say, as long as I'm back before ten tonight. Another graveyard? Cam asks. I nod. Okay, he says. Let's go. Last year, I threw my son through the family room window. I don't remember how it happened, not exactly. I remember stepping into the room. I remember seeing Jack, his mouth pressed to the mouth of the other boy, his hands moving fast in the boy's lap. Then I stood over him in the garden. Lynn ran from the house, screaming. She saw Jack and hit me in the face. She battered my shoulders and my chest. Above us, through the window frame, the other boy stood, staring, shaking, hugging himself with his thin arms. Jack lay on the ground. He didn't move, except for the rise and fall of his chest. The window had broken cleanly, and there was no blood, just shards of glass scattered over flowers. But one of Jack's arms was bent behind his head, as though he'd gone to sleep that way, an elbow for a pillow. Call 911, Lynn yelled to the boy above. No, I said. Whatever else I didn't know in that time and that place, I knew we could never afford an ambulance ride. I'll take him. No, Lynn cried. You'll kill him. I'm not going to kill him, I said. Come here. I gestured to the boy. He shook his head and stepped back. Please, I said. Tentatively, the boy stepped over the sill's jagged edge. He planted his feet on the brick ledge of the front wall, then dropped the few feet to the ground. Glass crunched beneath his sneakers. Grab his ankles, I said. I hooked my hands under Jack's armpits and we lifted him. One arm trailed the ground as we walked into the car. Lynn opened the hatchback. We laid Jack in the back and covered him with a blanket. It seemed like the right thing, which you see on TV. A few neighbors had come outside to watch. We ignored them. I'll need you with me, I said to the boy. When we're done, I'll take you home. The boy was wringing the hem of his shirt in both hands. His eyes brimmed with tears. I won't hurt you, if that's what you think. We set off for the hospital, Lynn following in my pickup. The boy sat beside me in the passenger seat, his body pressed to the door the seatbelt strap clenched in one hand at his waist. With each bump on the road, he turned to look at Jack. "'What's your name?' I asked. "'Alan,' he said. "'How old are you, Alan?' Seventeen. 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 And have you ever been with a woman, Alan?' Alan looked at me, his face drained of color, his hand tightened on the seatbelt. It's a simple question, Alan, I'm asking you. Have you been with a woman? No, Alan said. No, sir. 
Then how do you know you're gay? In back, Jack stirred. He moaned, then grew silent. Alan watched him. Look at me, Alan, I said. I asked you a question. If you've never been with a woman, then how do you know you're gay? I don't know, Alan said. You mean you don't know that you're gay, or you don't know how you know? I don't know how I know, Alan said. I just do. We passed the bakery, the laundromat, the supermarket, and entered the city limits. In the distance, the silhouette of the helicopter on the hospital's roof. Behind us, the steady pursuit of the pickup truck. And your parents, do they know about this? I asked. Yes, Alan said. And do they approve? Not really. No, I bet they don't, Alan, I bet they don't. I glanced in the room.